Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of Bush League. Before we get into it, please know that Bush League broadcasts from the Civil Radio 101.7 studio at the UFE campus, serving Abbotsford and the Fraser Valley, and located on the traditional and unceded stolen territory. I'm your host, Carl Ingram. I just want to make sure my mic's on there. Okay, I got a bit of a weird echo going there. Can you hear me? There, oh, now you know. can hear me. I don't think my mic was on. Why don't we try that again? Hey, 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 everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of Bush League. Before we get into it, please know the Bush League broadcasts from Civil Radio 101.7 Studio at the UFE campus, serving Abbotsford in the Fraser Valley, located on the traditional and unceded Stolo territory. I'm your host, Carl Lundgren, and with me is my co-host, Mr. I've got Montezuma's Revenge after my trip to Mexico, <laughs> number 33 himself, Mr. Kenny Greencorn. 33 is valid because it's Episode 3, Season 3, 33. That used to be your video game number. Yes, it did, man. Right. Wow. Now we're going way back, eh? Yeah. Hey, see, I remember well things. Done. I remember things. People, I'm smarter than I look. You remember because my player would just go into the corner and you'd look over and I'd be falling asleep with the controller in my hand, right? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> hey, today we've got a, a ushering in a new era. Uh, we don't have our usual board guy, Taryn Midzame. We actually are bringing Sam in. Sam? How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Fantastic. Yeah, good, good. For all of our one or two regular listeners out there, Sam is the guy that chimes in every now and then. He always awkwardly leans in and gets right in our space to talk on our microphones. Today, he's got his own mic. We don't Ooh. know what's going to happen with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, full disclosure. Now, he's a good guy, knows his stuff, so really looking forward to having his insight today. Uh, maybe he'll throw us some curveballs just like Taryn does. <laughs> All right, so, um, yeah, before we get started, we kind of have to address the Corey Perry in the room. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no. I'm just, look, we've been goofing around on social media about this topic because, frankly, it, it's funny. But by, by no means, it's actually not really funny when you think about it. I mean, it is a very mm. serious situation with serious implications in the real world. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to perpetuate ignorance here or cause the Bedard family any, you know, any stress, than the, any more stress than they've already been caused by this. Uh, the Blackhawks organization, I love to see them flailing in the wind because <laughs> I don't care for them very much. But they've come out and said that, uh, you know, this decision has nothing to do with uh, another player on the team. And Corey Perry came out with a similar statement. So I think we can kind of put that to bed. I did hear rumors that it was Chilios' daughter, uh, Kaylee Chilios, to the, the – so I, mean, I am going to just mention that. But, hey, two consenting adults. You know, they're both married, so there's a little bit of controversy there. <laughs> but, hey, two consenting adults, you know, and, and I assume Corey Perry's done. What do you guys think? Is that is he now marched out of hockey? Oh, man. I mean, jeez, I, I, I would have to think so. And, honestly – after the career he's had to go out like that is just oh man yeah like a hall of fame I, mean, I don't career. want to comment too much on rumors and stuff like that but i mean the statement that the blackhawks made obviously there was some some inappropriate conduct that was done that didn't yeah. align with the team and that's just not a way for somebody with a career like that to have to go out but uh i mean i've heard he did it he, to himself right I've, I've heard he can be a very aggressive drunk mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine actually has hung out with him a few times personally and uh yeah, so it's a, uh, yeah, you know, I've heard, I've heard some things and, and I, you know, I personally, uh, you know, have a background in that. So it's, uh, well, not, not being violent, but, yeah. but with alcohol. And so, you know, I'm a very big advocate for addiction and there are services out there. And I really hope that Corey Perry gets the help he needs, gets sober. Obviously, uh, the sauce is just not suiting his, him anymore. And I think he needs to think about the next phase of his life, next, next chapter. You know, life really does begin at 40. And for Corey Perry, I hope it's a good life, and I hope he can clear it up. Mm -hmm. That's all I'll, I'll say about that. So back to the Canucks, which is what we're here to do. We wore these 
Got all dressed up for nothing. You know, I get so hot in this studio <laughs> that I don't usually wear the jersey, but we're filming it today for the yeah, podcast. Uh, you know, we've got this new AI thing that's going to create a whole bunch of uh, uh, micro videos for us. So we're going to have some more content up there on the social webs, which is underscore Bush League or Bush League Radio. Uh, on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, yeah, look at this. I'm actually like naked under this because <laughs> oh. I get so hot that oh, I need I to it. like cool off. Boy. So the bear is really showing off the bear style tonight. I'll tell you, I got the bear jersey on. I'm bear underneath. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm really going at it. Uh. So the atmosphere, I want to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. We'll dig into that. We'll get, we got lots to talk about with the Abbotsford team. Lots to talk about in general. Oh, man. The weird this happenings. It's it's a, this is what we live for, man. Yeah. I'm loving it. what we it. live for. Why do, we, why do we only do this every two or three weeks? Oh, I, I know, know, right? If we were more regular, we, we just wouldn't be Bush League. You know, it's, <laughs> it's the way it is. So the atmosphere at the arena has been really good. I actually was yes. dogging the Vancouver crowd a little bit uh, when we had Tyler Anderson in there <laughs> last week. Hey, shout out to TA World Tour for coming on the show last week yeah. great Good guest episode. host uh we we're trying to have him on again tonight but unfortunately just we had some other miscommunications with other people and and you know we're, we're we will get him on on future episodes because he's yeah. great great addition to the team um <clears throat> i want to give him a shout out and if anybody wants to follow him that's at uh ta world tour uh the arena crowd is absolutely electric in vancouver this year mm-hmm. and now the cost of tickets have been outrageous Right, like what's yeah. the going right now? It's like a Taylor Swift ticket. It's yeah, it's not cheap. It's like through the roof, like five hundred bucks or something stupid for a ticket. It's like playoff tickets. Remember we used we used to struggle for playoff tickets. Oh man, we used to yeah. beg out on the corner just to get enough money for <laughs> playoff tickets. Uh, but the goal scoring song is absolutely sick. Have you heard uh, that? Yeah. So I went to the uh, St. Louis Blues game uh, at the beginning of the season. There, yeah. um, my work gave us tickets, so uh, me and three other guys went. And I got to tell you, like. They scored five times, I think, in that game, and we, yeah, this the the song was awesome. Yeah, like it's it from was, the Breakfast Club. The, yeah, yeah. Don't you forget about me. Don't you forget about oh, me? Oh, so good. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like it just fires you up, right? And yeah. it's not one you would think would be conventional. And sometimes it's the unconventional ones that are, that are the best. I still stand by the best goal scoring song in history was Hey Baby, DJ Otsi oh, by the man. 2017 yeah. Team Canada World Juniors. Can we play that clip? Can we play, um, like, just DJ Otsi, that, that, like, the Hey Baby? Yeah. So, uh, while yeah. Sam's queuing that up, I'm going to tell you a story. So, we were down in Mexico shortly after that happened. Uh, I, yeah, I went with my buddies when they were turning 30 for spring break. <clears throat> I know, I was like 36 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely didn't. It's like, you want to talk about the bare chest then. But yeah, it was, we were out there, we were having a blast, and, and we, we'd get, you know, obviously a little sauced up. And then I'd, I'd go around the resort and I'd just be like, hey! <laughs> and then people would sing it back from like the other side of the resort, or I'd go into the cafeteria and I'd fling the doors over like old Western style and be like, hey! <laughs> Everybody would be like, ooh! Ah, all at the same time. Uh, they gotta go right to the. You gotta skip ahead to the, to the. There it is. Hey baby, I wanna know. <laughs> that, that was, was awesome. It was the best. You remember that in 2017? I do, man. Wasn't that one where like uh, they were choosing like the song? And mm-hmm. didn't it go on as a joke or something? Yeah, one of the guys out- put it on the ballot as a joke. Yes. And then four of the other guys voted for it because they thought it was hilarious. It got in. It ended up turning out to be like the most iconic 
That like, was awesome. Goal scoring song. And that was in Toronto too, right? So yeah. the Toronto fan base is going to just eat that up. And they had a blast with it, right? It was so funny. Yeah, but awesome. uh, yeah, on that note, my Mexico trip. How was your Mexico trip, Kenny? Oh my God. <laughs> well, week one was great. Uh, and then week two, I got pretty ill, man. And I was, I think it was like midweek. I was thinking of even going to the hospital in Mexico, which Ooh. I really didn't want to do. I hung on, I made it home and yeah, I just, uh, my, yeah, I just got some sort of parasite. My body reacted to it in a really weird way. So it, it really sucked, but, uh, my family, they're a bunch of troopers and, uh, managed to enjoy the second week, uh, despite it. So, but it was good. Do you know what the difference between a Mexican hospital and Mexican jail is? They have better food in jail. <laughs> yeah. I've never actually been, so I'm sorry. I can't listen, say that. Listen, but I've I heard horror stories about the hospitals in Mexico. The doctor told me I had bad tequila. I don't know. Either way, either way <laughs> I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. And listen, that last week, I got to tell you, I was sick. Uh, I was pretty much bedridden. And yeah. uh, I listened to all the Canucks games. And they were winning while I was gone. So it was a lot of fun to, to listen. Oh, there I couldn't you go. get it on there, but I, I, I could get it on the radio. I could stream it. So there you go. Well, it there was you good. Go. God, you got to love the radio, right? Uh, That's why we're here. We're on 100%. the radio for that reason. Although we do got to figure out the whole blackout thing. Because honestly, I was trying to like watch it, watch one of the games in Mexico. And it was like, it's blacked out because I was on the Mexico whatever thing yeah. in your area. And I'm like, oh, this just sucks. I can't even watch it. But oh, that's brutal. All good. I got it online. So uh, actually the, the Bull Horvat one, I actually had to listen to in a New York feed because I couldn't get the Vancouver feed to work. And that was disappointing because... Yeah, they're just not as good as the uh, the Canuck announcers. That's for sure. No, man. no, so. for sure. Uh, hey, do you guys know Bo? You know Bo? I know no more Bo. Bo. No Bo. No. Anthony Beauvillier is gone to Chicago for fifth round pick, and we quickly flipped that for Nikita Zadorov. Yeah, I'm gonna butcher the name again. Zadorov, right? Zadorov. 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 How do I pronounce? Zadorov. I haven't read the media kit properly yet. Now, I I'll be I'll be the first to admit, I. Didn't know a lot about him before we got him. But now I've been watching highlight reels. This guy's a one-man wrecking machine, and he'll hit at any part of the ice. He's 6'6", 250 pounds. Let's just compare this. So this is a great trade. Let's just break this down for a second. So here's what we this would equates to. 10% reduction in salary cap hit. Both were first-round draft picks in the mid-2010s. Massive shift in size and physicality. Six foot six, two hundred and fifty pounds, and a much needed depth add on defense where we need it desperately right now. And just a massive trade. Uh, what do you guys think? I can't believe they got him for a fifth round pick. Like like seriously. I, How good is the next draft that the, <laughs> that's a fifth round pick? When they got rid of Beauvillier for a fifth round pick, I'm like, okay, they're correcting a you know, an error they made earlier and they got that fifth round pick back. And there was talks and I'm like, there's no way Zadora we're gonna get Zadora for a fifth round pick. Especially from like a division rival and yeah. the guy's a beast. Like honestly, he's he's pretty much as Tall, almost as tall as Tyler Myers, only he's way more physical and plays with that frame. And I just, anyways, it's a good pickup. Uh, I'm not sure if he's right-handed or left-handed uh, off the top of my head, but um, that's, I, I yeah. like it. I like that's it for a fifth-round pick. You didn't give up much. Uh, listen, if you're going to turn Bo in, or Beauvillier sorry, into Zadorov, I'll, I'll take that for sure. we got enough scoring forwards. Is he a lefty or a righty? He's a lefty that plays right. Oh, oh. Okay, oh. so he's versatile. Yeah, oh, so he's. Okay. A, I think he was playing right in Calgary. He's a bisexual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, but no, that's uh, a, honestly that's a great trade. It helps uh, yeah, with the depth on great. defense for sure. So, I, I heard something that it was because the Canucks didn't want to ret- or didn't re- want them to retain salary, and I think Toronto did. 
Mm. Oh, okay. Because do you know what the 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 cap hit on that is on Zadorov's uh, deal? Yeah, I'll look at that. Okay, uh, cool. it's, well, last I checked, it was like two point seven five percent or something like that. Like and remaining then, for the season, or just that? That's what he's making. No, just in total for the season. Got it. So like uh, the impact was a ten percent difference in salary cap, it, like reduction. Yeah, it's three point seven five million. Three point seven five, and Beauvillier was. Uh, oh, four point four point one five. Yeah, so you, or something you're like that, even yeah. saving salary on yeah, that. Yeah, that's deal. what I'm saying. It was the Beauty. savings of ten percent when I calculated it out. Um, but yeah, Beauty. it's been great, and um, you know I'm looking forward to seeing what he did. He played last night. <clears throat> did you get a chance to catch that? I did not. Yeah, no. I know. I know. We're horrible. I was moving. Sorry. This is bush league after all. <laughs> oh man, we I just got cable today, game. so I'm excited. I'll be able to watch your games now. So <laughs> yeah, well, I'll be too busy watching the Abbotsford Canucks games now <laughs> over the, over this next stretch. True. Um, hey, Canucks Army put out a season total estimates on their social webs on uh, Monday. And there again, you can follow us on uh, underscore Bush League uh, or Bush League Radio. And uh, we're still trying to you know arra- arrange a time for Chris Faber to come on. He said he would. He said he'd come. Uh, he, he's washing his hair tonight, so he couldn't make it. Uh, but uh, he washes his hair a lot. That guy, you know, like he's got the cleanest hair in hockey. I swear, like uh, that's a legitimate excuse though. He had to wash his hair, you know. Uh, but he's got great hair. He's, exfoliating uh. before the game you know but uh also i want to take this opportunity to give a shout out like i said to tyler anderson for last week and um so the canucks army put out the season total estimates based on you know the production so far if that carries through the end of the season <clears throat> here's some numbers for you i'm gonna throw some numbers at you quinn hughes 123 points 30 goals 93 assists that would put uh put his season at fifth on all-time uh, defensive production behind just Bobby Orr and Paul Coffey. Uh, interesting fact on that: Bobby Orr and Paul Coffey are the only ones occupying that entire top ten list for seasons for season totals. Wow! Uh, and the next highest is Al McInnes in eleventh for the nineteen ninety ninety one season with one hundred and three points. So one hundred and twenty three points is substantially higher. So that puts him in pretty high, <laughs> you know, pretty good company there. Paul Coffey, Bobby Orr. Now that's based on the whole season continuing on. Uh, JT Miller also with 123 points, 43 goal or sorry, 48 goals, 75 assists. Uh, Elias Pedersen 108 points, 30 goals, 78 assists. Brock Besser, wow. your boy, My Sam's boy. favorite, Sam's yeah, favorite. Uh, Brock Besser would have 56 goals at this Ooh. pace, 90 points. And Heranic, you know, like, like uh, 92 points, seven goals, 75 this assists. That's the real deal, man. Yeah. We got a very small sample size last season, but he is good. He is good. I know there was a lot of questions around that trade and that deal because nobody knew much about Heronic, but yeah. Yeah. Beauty. Yeah. Well, and then Niels Hoglander, um, you know, he's been so strong this year. I wanted to just give a shout out to that. Uh, Actually, I think it was Canucks Army as well. Apparently, I'm following a lot, way too much of Chris Faber's stuff. But he's got good stuff, man. Somebody was touching, it might have been either him or Taj Kemmer, somebody was touching on. Um, Niels Hoglander arguing him as a power forward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I never thought I would agree with somebody arguing a five nine guy under under two hundred pounds as a power forward. <laughs> but they they did stipulate they said the modern power forward, yeah, yeah. right? And you got to think like the NHL is getting both smaller and bigger at the same time. Like there's a bigger yes. gap between the player sizes, right? Yeah. Like the bigger players who play that physical role are tending to get much larger. And the players who play that speedy run and gun role are getting smaller, yeah, right? Yeah. But 
he's kind of in the middle and he's that rare like bulldog commodity like an old uh you know dougie gilmore kind of player that plays hard and not yeah. that big you know and uh, i really like him i he's, really like he Hawk. is very strong for a player of his size and he plays physical right he's got that real energetic level to him right i think he didn't he get kicked out of the game for like a a slew foot or something against yeah him. like i mean yeah. not, my, that, my, not that you want to play dirty but his, like he's his penalty minutes is a little high but yeah. yeah but he's it shows that he's getting in there from a physical standpoint and not just playing perimeter and and doing that stuff right sometimes yeah. when you play you get in the dirty areas those things are going to happen right but yeah. Yeah. i'm impressed I, I i like what i see from him and then uh Kuzi makes was... makes bovillier expendable right yeah well exactly so, right yeah. like and bovillier wasn't really <laughs> serving that role no. anyways i mean like uh, Hogsy is is uh, filling in better at what Bo was supposed to do. Bovillier was supposed to do right. Agreed. So um, Kuzi was uh, you know put in the uh, put in timeout for a couple games by the coach. Um, <laughs> did this help? You know, like everybody's dissecting this like crazy. Um, I, I mean, I was one person that definitely admitted. I'll admit that I thought he was going to come out and score thirty goals this year. So yeah. you know, I don't know where the production is. But what do you guys think? Is that going to help? Is that going to work? Uh, well, I heard a uh, I heard um, an interview they had with uh, Bruce Boudreaux, and he was actually they were I think it was Donnie and Dolly, and they were asking him these questions about it, and they're like, "So you know, you did this when you were here, and so on and so forth," and they kept pushing him about like, "How did Kuzmenko react? How is it?" And and Boudreaux's like, "What are you guys trying to get me to say?" Yeah. He's like, I'm not saying anything other than Tockett's obviously trying to send a message to him. Yeah. Uh, but it was really funny. They kept pushing Boudreaux to try and get something out of him. And uh, he's just like, I don't know what you guys are trying to get me to say, but I'm not saying it. So anyways, long story short, he seems like the kind of guy that does need that kick in the pants every now and then. Um, but I mean... There's no doubt about the skill set he has. No, and the thing is, it's not like he's a rookie that came out and scored, yeah. you know, uh, 20, 30 goals last year. He was a, a veteran player. People yeah. keep confusing the fact that this guy played professional hockey for several years in Russia before coming to the Vancouver Canucks. He chose the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. I think it shows, like, cojones on the on the the Tockett pocket. Yeah, <laughs> the cojones. Yeah. It shows the Tockett's got some... some uh, proverbial balls there man he, he to, to bench that player who basically chose this team i don't know you know i'd like to think from what i know about koozie he's the kind of player that's going to appreciate that yeah and respect it but i don't know if he's maybe he doesn't gel with this format of team but imagine how good he could be if he buys into this program because he's one of those players that he's so creative but mm -hmm. he, because of that, and because the Russian, you know, professional league doesn't have as much structure to it. Yeah, uh, a player like that can just be sent to run wild. And so the, the six or seven years he played in Russia, he, <clears throat> and not to mention his junior career, he got a, not sloppy. Sloppy is the wrong word, but it was sloppy by NHL standards, where he was allowed to just go and just be cre like creative, not play in a system, not back check properly, like yeah, it just play go out score goals that was yeah. all they cared about you score goals they give you vodka after right like that was his <laughs> that was his role it's like and he did that well and then he comes and did it last year as well but then now the canucks are not a team that's scrambling for goals they've got the most goals in the nhl yeah so now they're looking for players to play within that system so that they can contribute at both ends all the way through the ice and in every aspect and i i think he has that potential and I think under Rick Tockett, he's going to become a, a truly elite hockey player. 
Yeah, I, I think I think you're bang on with that. And also, keep in mind, like what we've seen from Kuzmenko, I would say so far to start the season is is slightly not where we thought it would be, which means there's a whole nother level to his game as this season goes on. And if he gets on a heater, man, it's only gonna it's only gonna benefit the Canucks with everything else they got going on, right? Well, yeah, like I said, they're not scratching and clawing for those goals. Exactly. So, and they'll come. He's oh, too talented to not, right? I, I, you're exactly right. He's going to go on one of those just ungodly tears where it's just, like you said. I feel like, like him and Petey are going to go on at the same time. You know, they're going to go off at the same time and they're just going to. Well, especially with that line. And I, like, he has good, when they do, when he does play Petey Mikheyev and uh, and Kuzi, like I love the chemistry between Kuzi and, and Mikheyev. Yeah. And honestly, it's one of those like he could have 20 goals in 10 games kind of player. Mm-hmm. He's that good. So you can't really strike him out just because he's had a slow start. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't even had that slow of a start, but it's just compared to the other players, right? He's not. And yeah. compared to himself last year. Um, but yeah, you know, just keep, keep the legs moving, keep listening to the coach and just developing. I think he's going to be uh, just incredible, right? Um, and then Elias Pedersen, you know, obviously he's he's a great player. And my, my question is around contract negotiations now, because, you know, we're midway into this year. Yeah. It's starting to look like he could be, a you know, 12, is he a $12 million guy, right? Like, uh, is he a Nathan McKinnon caliber contract? And this is a really tough question. Like, I think the Canucks dropped the ball, not resign, not trying harder to resign yeah. this guy in the offseason to a longer term deal, because they did so well with his first contract, getting a, a good length and a good price on it. But yeah. like this, this is a guy you should have tried to get to six years uh, in the off season. And <sighs> I, I mean, maybe they did and maybe he didn't, his camp didn't reply because they knew he was going to do this this year. Yeah. But usually the players are trying to lock in those six year, $10 million contracts. And I think we could have got him for that. And now we're facing down the gun at 12 million, probably on a long-term contract. It's going to be a big, yeah, big time, big time. But he, listen, he's up there, right? Yeah. He is up there. He 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 is of the same caliber of those guys and I mean he showed it this season even now a lot of people are questioning whether he's hurt. He doesn't look right on the ice. Guys still putting up points, man. Yeah. And and not at a rate that we're used to seeing, so you you know there's still going to be you know, he's still going to come out firing and uh and and put up more production at some point, but uh even when he doesn't look right, he still he still finds ways to be productive, which yeah. is which yeah. is the sign of a really good player. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, what that contract negotiation looks like, I have no idea, but uh, you're probably right. It's going to be up in that $12 million range for sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, goaltending. Sam, why don't you get your feet wet on this and tell us what you think of the goaltending this year? Yeah, let's go. I mean, Demko has been unreal, and DeSmith has been better than I think anyone thought he would be. Oh. And, obviously, uh, Alvin and Rutherford know – how good DeSmith is. They had him in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and I think they trusted him to play behind Demko, and I think it's just been unreal. And Demko, uh, Smith has saved us games uh, against some really good teams. So, yeah. yeah, and I even said this at the start of the season that DeSmith was going to be the difference maker for the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. Like, if you were going to point one player, it was him because – uh, aside from Jonathan Quick, who's playing backup in New York, he's the best backup goalie in in, in the world. Yeah, uh, you know Casey DeSmith. So. Uh, you know, nobody was better suited for that role, and it's what a difference it's made, right? It, it's it's 
noticeable, right? Like everything. It's, I hate to say I, I I told you so, but everything <laughs> I said has come to pass with that guy. You're um, right. He's he's helping Demko big time. He's giving him yeah. the time he needs to to keep himself fresh, right? And, and play. And he's a gambler's dream. He's a gambler's darling because uh, <laughs> every time the Vegas odds sees that the backup's playing, they they adjust the odds. And they don't necessarily always adjust it to the specific player and their record. Yeah. So uh, I actually read uh, something online. It was on the internet, so it must be true. And <laughs> it was something about the fact that case like games where Vancouver Canucks played Casey DeSmith. Yeah, the Casey DeSmith were, was the best bet in sports. Wow. With like the best odds, uh, best payout odds in sports for him. Not not in terms of like high payout, but just in terms of people winning on a specific strategy that was the strategy that was a winning formula and then they lose to san jose with him and net i don't want to say uh you know that's uh that's uh (laughs) playing to the script but that seems a lot like playing the script to me i don't know anyways (laughs) seemed like an out of place uh loss right Uh. but uh horvat homecoming the horvat homecoming um mixed reception boy the the sportsnet team was really trying to make it sound glamorous but you could hear it in the crowd that there was definitely a mixture uh i heard the pregame reception was quite positive and strong in yeah. the fan base but you know the booing every time he got the puck for a while but you know the vancouver fan base could be pretty uh persistent and they really only did the booing for the first half of the first period and then it kind of stopped like they've done it through like well, well into the third period sometimes on some players. Yeah. And so I think, you know, we, we, he, he said some words and he meant that he meant, yeah. but you know, he looks fondly on the city and, and I, I think that he got the perfect reception. I'll be honest with you. Like his comments in New York, like were they, was caught were up they in a really playoff. that, yeah, I was going to say, were they really that, that bad like i mean oh, i thought you, they were bad i didn't like them you, you didn't like like you don't think that there was some justification there towards the organization for how they went about their business with him like i i, I don't know i yeah but he I'm wasn't calling out the organization he was calling no, out the fans that's what i mean like that's yeah yeah for <laughs> and, sure like and that's I, where I, I drew the line it was like yeah because you're right I, the, the organization mismanaged that player yeah dramatically i mean you think about what he did for the team and and i love quinn hughes man like i love him coming out and just just saying, like, look, like, it's easy for me to lead a team right now. We're 14 and 7. Bo Horvat had to lead this team through some really dark days and yeah, answer yeah. a lot of questions. And even Bo said it. He's like, look, I'd rather them come at me than come at the team and or, or the other players of the team. So I was always willing to deflect that. But, like, but yeah, it's a, it was a it's tough a, time to be a captain for the Vancouver Canucks. That's It's for a sure. chicken and an egg situation. Was yeah. it a tough time to be the captain because he was the captain? Or was it a tough time to be the captain because the team was what they were? Like, yeah. the team wasn't that different than what it is this year. So, I don't no, know. I'm not blaming when, him. I'm just when you're not, for thought. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. But I'm I, just I, saying, I think Quinn's, Quinn's comments were, were pretty good in the sense as, like, you know, it's hard to lead a team when things are tough. Yeah. Um, and I think that was his comment around like his his leadership of the team uh, and what he did. Uh, and listen, I think a lot of the Canucks players are pretty fond of Horvat, anyways. And and Horvat's a pretty, I think overall a pretty classy guy. Like the yeah. the the um, what do you call it? Uh, the tribute that they gave him at the game was was yeah. nice. It was good to yeah. see him tearing up. It was actually cool to see the ref come over to the faceoff circle and be like, "You need a second? And he's like. Yeah. I'm good. Takes a deep yeah. breath. He's like, I'm good. I'm good. But it was it was nice to see the reception. It was nice to see that. It was nice to see uh, what's his name got hurt. 
yeah. in the game, and he went over and uh, checked on and him. checked on him. And was it Kuzmenko took yeah, the puck yeah. to the face? Me, yeah. Jeez, man. And like it just, uh, but the game itself was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was aw- like I gotta say, like that that pass to Quinn Hughes. Was it Miller mm. that made the pass yeah, in OT? Yeah, killer to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my. He just snuck right. It was actually Bo Horvat's guy, and, and he just snuck that pass. And you could see well, Quinn. Horvat had a goal earlier in the game. Yeah, too. he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you could see Quinn going one way, and then he quickly pivots and turns back the other way, and Miller just hits him, and Horvat's still going the other way. It was yeah. – anyways, it was a fun game. Really, really – I. I, I watched the highlights after because I couldn't stream it, but um, just listening to it and, and seeing it, just, yeah, it was a good game. And I yeah. think it was well done. I think the fans did well. well like the I reception said, I, was well. I, the team was well. I think it was the perfect homecoming reception for him. He got that little bit of a balance of yeah. honoring him, but also the little bit of booing. I think he deserved that. 100%. And so I think it was the perfect homecoming. And I think he knew that because when he addressed his comments, he's like, look, yeah. like I was caught I, up in the moment. I, and, and you know he what? was honest about everything, I think, and that – I, I appreciated respected. I appreciated that more later in the fact like at the time that it happened like he he didn't even apologize for it which I no. thought was a little bit out of character too because it's like okay you got caught up in the moment apologize you didn't apologize he's like oh, I didn't do anything wrong it's like well you did you did <laughs> yeah. do something wrong you 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 really trashed the fan base that supported you and bought jerseys and yeah you know the yeah. kids that came out and made signs for you and all those things and I think maybe that made it more emotional for him right yeah. to come back to the arena and see the kids in the front row we still love you Bo and stuff yeah. like that like that's got to be really emotional especially like we all make mistakes in life we're not yeah. robots right no nope, and for sure. you know you make a mistake you come back and like it's like kill him with kindness right you're like <laughs> oh man I feel like you know so like I, I think the uh him addressing the media like like right away before the game, I think it was in the the warm up skate or whatever. Like he made himself available. He knew those questions were coming, right? So, I think he he just got in front of it, and I think the fan base heard those comments. So I think it uh, it helped a lot. And do you think he could have leaned into it more? Like remember when Kessler got traded and he played the Canucks, and he was like, "This is the biggest goal I've ever scored in this building," <laughs> and then everyone booed him. Yeah. Like oh god. Hey. Well, I got to keep moving here because we are halfway through the broadcast already and we're, we haven't got to the Abbotsford team. But I want to I cover something. So, Bruce, there it isn't. This is good, <laughs> you, yeah. You, uh, you touched on the Bruce Boudreaux comments. First of all, who cares what Bruce Boudreaux has to say anymore? <laughs> I, well, I liked Bruce Boudreaux before, but you know what? I still like him now, but who cares? And he's talking about the, how the Canucks have, uh, you know, they've only beat two teams over 500 at the time that he made those comments. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it's like one of those teams of the Panthers were under 500 and they play when they played them. Uh, he's absolutely right. But the, but nobody came into the season expecting the Vancouver Canucks to be the top team in the league yeah. or the top team in the West. They are a top 10 team and they're playing like a top yeah. 10 team. They're beating the teams they should beat and they're losing to the teams they should lose to just like they lost to Vegas the other day. Yeah. And so everybody needs to chill out and understand that this is not the best team in the NHL, but they're a contender and that's great. Yeah, There's something they, wrong with that. <laughs> listen, their guys, they, their top players are in the top of the league too. Like it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you couldn't have painted the picture better, but I mean, it's still a long season. There's a long way to go, but uh, yeah, his yeah. comments definitely make for some good uh, some good radio talk, that's for sure. <laughs> and I love the Thatcher Demko quote where he said, uh, you know, regarding the crowd at Rogers Arena, uh, yeah, the crowd at Rogers Arena, he said, yeah. they deserve this after sticking with us oh. the last few years. Demko's a club. I love Demko, man. I I can't I can't even express how much I love Thatcher Demko, especially yeah. after the organization did such a poor job of managing his injury last year. Yeah. For him to come out with a classy statement like that, 
man, I love that guy. Like, just awesome. nothing but class, and I was just so happy to have him here. Yeah. But, yeah, like we said, uh, oh, and I wanted to just, I we, we can't quote last, well, I'm going to quote it just physically, but we can't bring up a clip. But last broadcast, I said, don't count out the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> don't count out the Edmonton Oilers. Four-game win streak. I think they've won seven of their last ten. And uh, watch out for the oil. Watch yeah. out the rest yeah. of the way, I'm telling you. Well, listen, if we just stay at the top, yeah. we're, second in, we're second right now in the Western Conference. If we just stay at the top, Edmonton will come back. It'll be those lower teams that are going to have to worry about them. Yeah, like the Flames. <laughs> uh, so ups and downs. This used to be a segment we did regularly during the COVID because every week would seem like yeah. we had some big up and downs. But we haven't done an up and down segment in a while. So Linus Carlson and Matt Irwin going up. Now that might change a little bit with the new um, dynamic with uh, some some of the shifting of players. Yeah. But uh, but Linus Carlson getting his chance at the big at the big level, you know and. You know we're eventually going to see him as a regular in the Vancouver Canucks yeah. lineup. It's just a matter of time. He looked good. But he, I like how they're developing him. They're not rushing him. They're just giving him time. And yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing him a full-time role in Vancouver in two two years, I'm going to say, would be perfect for him for development. Yeah, I think he's a bottom six guy with some skill. You I think could, he could use be him, more. You could, could use him in your, in your top six if you need to move him up or whatever the case may be. But If he develops a little more, yeah. give him a few more he's years. He's got a good shot, though. Yeah. He's got a very good shot. He's got good hockey sense, too. Yeah, he, he does. really He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and he seems to get to the right spot. Well, listen, but he's it's a little always... behind the play at the NHL level just because he's just not there yet, yeah. right? But <clears throat> Well, listen, it's always good to see your son go up, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Carl's My son. My boy, Carl's son. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so how about Abbotsford, buddy? Abbotsford, yeah. So since our last episode, they've had four games at home and four games on the road. They <laughs> split the series against the Henderson Ugly Helmets at the beginning of November. Uh, we, a lot of us, uh, did you the, get your sunglasses out or what? I did. You know, me, me and Zachary went to the dollar yeah, store and bought some bought, sunglasses. That's awesome. I got them in the Jeep now from, from now on. But yeah, uh, yeah and then uh, Seelovs had a shutout in the win. Yeah, Seelovs was. Uh, yeah. The goaltender of the month, too, by the way, for November. So Yeah, he, he, I wanted to touch on that because yeah. he is now officially on fire. And that's the thing. Like, when you look at the Abbotsford Canucks uh, season stats, and this is where it really comes in handy to listen to Bush League, mm-hmm. is, you know, like, we're, we're one of the only ones reporting on this, and it's that, like, you look at the stat sheet. As somebody who doesn't follow the Abbotsford Canucks regularly, you're like, oh, that's unimpressive. There's not a lot happening. Well, yeah. a lot of their top players went out, like Nielsen and stuff like that. So, yeah. And Bainesy, you know, he, he got off to a hot start and then tapered off a little bit. And then, you know, our Arters is just not – he's not playing as good as he has, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, – but now, all of a sudden, these last – and we talked about this in the last episode. I said the next eight games are going to decide if we're a contender yep. for that top spot. We are absolutely a contender for that top spot. All statistics and everything aside – Seelofs is on fire. We're playing better hockey. We've uh, we went on a five game winning streak there recently until we lost the game in Calgary. Yeah, and you know we're just we're 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 re- right where we want to be this time of year and peaking. We're starting to peak. Plus, the consistency of the lineup really plays a role at the AHL level. We can't touch on that enough. Like people don't don't realize that teams like uh, Bakersfield, like we won those two games. So we we go and we sweep two games in Bakersfield. Bakersfield had. Players going up and down like crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> right? Because Edmonton's, you know, trying to get something going by shuffling players around. So that creates chaos and havoc in your in your dressing room and in your lineup. And it really spreads down to the AHL level hard. 
Abbotsford has no problem with that this year. They yeah. get to build lines. They get to set, build set pairings. They get to rotate their goalies. They got two solid goaltenders. Yes. So they can go into these two game back to back series, play one of each, and co- come out with at least a win, possibly two. And that's what they've done well. Also, if they keep that going, that formula, they'll not they'll be at the top of the division at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, listen, you know what? One of the things that Rutherford and Alvin said when they came here is we want our AHL team to be competitive. We want them to be competitive. We want that depth. And uh, the moves that they've made have, have just been like basic, basically taking those words and putting them into truth, right? Yeah. And so it's it's really awesome to see. But it's awesome to see the developmental steps some of these players are making. Like Bainesy. Mm-hmm. You know, like to be a point per game player. He was in the ECHL two years ago. Yeah, look where he's at now. Oh, I know. It's crazy. Yeah, Bainesy. I mean, even Nielsen taking a big step too. He's a point per game player. I know he got injured. He got rocked in that one game. Yeah. And yeah. I'm happy to see him back. And Pod Colson was pretty scary with the seizure he had on the ice and that yeah. that huge hit. But I mean, he's back now playing and still at a almost a point per game clip. Um, it's yeah. It's just. No, so what, awesome are you, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I'm predicting we. I'm predicting the Abbotsford team finishes this year mm-hmm. in first place in the division. I think it's going to be close between them and Calgary, like it was last year. But I think we're going to come out on top this year. Well, we got the two games against Laval this yep. weekend. Yep, and we're already beat Laval twice. Yep, we already spanked them. Right, so. Well, we didn't spank them. They were close games. But <laughs> but we're already up, you know, two games to nothing in that season series. Yeah. So let's, uh, you know, keep that ball rolling. We win those two games this weekend. We're, we might be in first place already. Yeah. Because we're three points back. We're we're four points back, sorry. We're four points back. And it is pretty tight. Like, the top six teams are only, like, uh, within within three or four points of each other, right? So Yeah, the Roadrunners are in the mix there. Do you see that? <laughs> Oh my god. That's gosh. crazy. It's true, man. I'm like And 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 the Coyotes have a good record? Like what's going do. on? Man? I know. I know. Oh, that's crazy. But yeah. Anyways, it's 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 been a fun start to the season so far, bud. Yeah. So I hope it continues. I'm sure it will. It's showing signs of just being consistent. Carlton's doing a good job coaching, right? So he's a great co- well, he's he probably is. the best AHL coach. He he's so De- overqualified. I, I, I heard an interview with Talkit. Oh, I'm trying to remember. He he was I think it was uh uh, I can't remember now which game it was, but he did an interview and he made a comment. I think it was around like Cole McWard or one of the development developmental players. And the minute he said what he said right away, he was just like, this is going to be interpreted as like Jeremy Carlton's not doing his job in the AHL. So he's like, right away. He's like, whoa, 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 stop. I don't even want you guys to say anything. First of all, Carlton is an amazing coach. Yeah. That's not a hit on him. It's just the player like, and he was going on about the player and their development or whatever. I can't remember which player it was, but it was funny to see him. Like the minute he said the words, he was like, whoa, stop. Hold on. Don't. I know what you guys are going to say. Carlton is awesome. Yeah. It's nothing yeah. to do with him, but yeah, he is doing a great job. And I think like, just the, like Rick the Vancouver Talkett, media doing... is the master of puppets. They put words in everyone's mouth. <laughs> Talkett's smart enough to know the minute he's, yeah, he's like, uh, I got to stop. But anyways, um, yeah, some really, really great stuff. Yeah. So as I mentioned, games tonight and yeah. tomorrow, Abbotsford Center, 7 p.m. against Laval Rockets. For those that don't know, that's the Montreal Canadiens farm team. So always a hot ticket. Uh, mm-hmm. Really rare to be able to play them. Always them or the Marlies are the two big big uh, tickets because we have so many Ontario and Quebecois transplants here in British Columbia on the coast. So that's going to be a cool, uh, a cool game tonight and a cool series. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can go to four and O oh on the season series with those guys tonight. So, or this weekend, I should say. 
Um, oh, hey, uh, Sam, I forgot to talk about the Cascades uh, sports action. Any Cascades sports action we should know about this weekend? I actually don't <laughs> pay attention to that. Taryn um, would have had that one, Sam. Uh, <laughs> I'm, well, just I'm, it. I'm just busting. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding, man. Yeah, I'll take Google a look. See if there's you. anything noticeable, and uh, if so, we'll, we'll just give a shout out to them. Uh, I, hey, I, I, you know what? I want to almost call the cask like the the ladies uh, cascade program. Mm-hmm. I want to call them the Cascades. Oh, right. How perfect is that? No, I don't know. It's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Like I I'm said, my, my my boss's daughter plays on the team. I'll run it by him and see what he says. All right. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> well, no, the Cascades, man. Like there we go. Anyways, Teddy Bear toss. It's catchy. Teddy Bear toss tomorrow night at the Abbey Canucks game, 7 p.m. There again. Uh, Teddy Bear toss is the holiday season tradition uh, in yes. Abbotsford and a lot of hockey communities across Canada and the U.S. Uh, and you know we we toss the teddy bears on the ice and they're uh, collected and donated to the Archway Toys. For Tots program benefiting underprivileged children, a uh, very important cause here in the Fraser Valley, especially during this time of year. And uh, you know, uh, sh- just something I want to call out to in in um, in honor of my fallen comrade uh, Justin Orlowitz, my pr- my former co-host, uh, the food bank. Please support your yes. local food banks. Uh, Justin was a very passionate uh, enthusiast about the food banks. Please. Donate this time of year, especially they need it. <coughs> yeah, yeah. <coughs> it looks like the women's team is number five as of November twenty eighth in the sports league right now. There you go. For which sport? Volleyball. Volleyball. Yeah, their volleyball team's sick. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There, there's games pretty much all the time. I think they they switch swap between road and and home games. But check the schedule on the website, folks. Cascades, uh, UFE Cascades. Great action. Great. Sp- Sports action, great to check out before the hockey games at Abbotsford Center. Plus, then you could double up on the parking and just walk over. Nice little walk. It's usually not raining. Uh, and it's been so cold and rainy the last couple of days, though. <laughs> yeah, they're playing tomorrow at 3. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah and then December 8th, we got the Star Wars night at Abbotsford Center. So that's cool. And, uh, yeah, anything else you want to talk about with the Abbotsford Canucks? I want to talk. Oh, I have a sign idea. I want to do for Max Sasson. I want to do mix assassinate them. <laughs> yeah, baby. That's good. That is yeah. good. Yeah, and I did like what I saw from the Caribbean kid in that uh, game against Bakersfield, too. Uh, I'd like to see more of him. I actually saw him when I was going up to Snag a Media Kit there. and uh, He's I a big boy. He's a big boy. He is a big boy. Makes me look tiny. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. He's a big guy. Uh, so, you know, I, I hope to see more of him. I like his hands. He, he played in um, – he came from Bakersfield, too. So yep. we saw him play I, – I incorrectly said in the previous episode I haven't seen him play. We've seen him play, yeah. but in a different uh, different jersey, right, in the Condors. Wasn't it uh, – was it Condors or was it the uh, Henderson Silver Knights? Because I think he came from Vegas. No, I'm pretty sure he came from ba- Bakersfield. Was it? Okay. That's what my sheet says. My sheet never lies. <laughs> <laughs> But it could be long. But hey, this is Bush this League is Bush too, League so you after know, all, right? Yeah. But anyways, yeah. But right. as I said, with player analysis, we usually kind of cover that for the Abbotsford Canucks. Not really any big standouts in terms of league leader category, uh, but the players to kind of watch. Like Kenny was saying, you know, we got some big names coming back from injuries now, starting to get healthy. Uh, so you want to watch Tristan Nielsen? You want to watch uh, Pod Colson? Yeah, you want to watch uh, Artur Silovs? 
He's uh he's uh, back and playing great. Well, he wasn't out, but I'm saying he's playing great. Uh, and he's a, he's an elite goaltender, man. He's an yeah, elite yeah. international goaltender, and we get to watch him here in Abbotsford. That's pretty cool. Well, I do want to say too, like, did you ever? I, I listen. I did not think this, but did you ever think that Nils Amon would be a point per game player for the Abbotsford Canucks? I thought so. Did you really? I thought he was, yeah. I remember I when he know. first got I, here, he I came, thought he was going to be good. When he came down, I, I thought, you know, this guy's been up in the NHL playing with the Canucks for half the season. They brought him down. I was excited to see what he would do, and he never really put up points like I thought he would, but he came out of the gate in 15 points in 15 games. And, I mean, obviously he's with with uh, the Vancouver Canucks now, but, I mean, well-deserved, right? Mm-hmm, but, I mean, mm-hmm. you got Bainesy, you've got Sheldon Dries, that's at a point-per-game clip. Linus Carlson, just under, or I guess both of them are just under a point per game clip. But even Atu Ratu's up there too, right? 13 points in 17 games. So, like. Yeah, and I wanted to touch on that actually. And that was an example of, you know, an organization rushing a player in. And the mm-hmm. Canucks kind of corrected that when we brought Roddy in. And that's been a, been a big contributor is yeah. letting him develop. You have to give those guys that are goal scorer style with good hands players time to get their confidence and play well right mm-hmm. so yeah no for sure yeah. like i said i mean it's uh it's been really good to see and i think the the, the i mean klimovich is starting to get back in there now and playing a few games but i mean like well right where he left off right 14 <clears throat> points and 13 games and i just uh their defense has been pretty decent too so mm-hmm. not a lot of mm-hmm. points coming off of it but i think they've been pretty solid so it's pretty good for the most part so yeah so i mean i think uh yeah, and then I, I, I wanted to kind of touch on some general uh, uh, news happening in the NHL because there's just so much wild wild stuff happening right now. Uh, so Wayne Gretzky, he uh, was talking about Connor Bedard. Yep. And he said uh, he might actually be better than we thought he was. <laughs> now, that's a big statement considering the hype around Connor Bedard, but that's pretty cool to hear the great one make a statement like that. Uh, he talked about how uh, tough the schedule was for the first se- seven games for the Chicago Blackhawks yep. and how uh, you know Bedard's tearing it up now since, right? How, now he's settled in, has a better schedule, uh, you know, and the players around him are starting to gel and he's starting to get used to the NHL. Reminder, he is only 18 years old, and just for some perspective on that, last I checked he was at 10 goals, 17 points in 20 games. And, you know, that puts him on pace for 41 goals and 70 points as an 18-year-old. And to compare that, that's um, for pass that would put him at seventh all-time for points for by an 18-year-old in the season. Mm-hmm. And third all-time in goals behind only Dale Howardchuk and Gretzky. Wow. Uh, so that, And then Craw, the last person to even be in the ballpark of his production totals so far, if he continues to maintain that pace, was Crosby in 05 06 with the 102 points. And that's wow. at 18, right? Yeah, you, you know, Bedard's a he he's such a interesting player because you know, like there a lot of people are comparing him as being like the next best player since McDavid, and McDavid is a totally different style of player yeah, than Connor Bedard. Yeah. So like you see Bedard and you're like, well, McDavid could like stick handle at like 100 kilometers an hour like the guy's insane when it comes to his speed and his skill his skill while while working at that speed but like bedard is just so he's not a big guy his skill set is yes so yeah yeah true still only 18 yeah but i mean he's not not like a tall guy you know what i mean like but i mean to see his like skill set his shot is so good and to watch him play with a little bit of physicality is is fun, man. It, it, it was it was fun to watch 
uh, Matthew Kachuk getting his face and uh, <laughs> in that one game, and he just he handled it like a like a champ. It was, uh, anyways. It's great to see him living up to the hype because yeah. I was super excited to see what he was going to bring, and he's he hasn't disappointed, especially on a franchise that's you know it's not like you know it's not like coming into the league and playing with Lemieux your first season, you know like yeah, he's yeah. he he is the guy. Yeah. Right. It was yeah, come he, in and play with Corey Perry, and now he's not there, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, like oh, Perry can mentor him into a, into a player, right? Like it's just they do have some good player, good young players coming yeah. in too. But um, yeah, he's it's going to be fun. It, he's leading the next era of players, right? So oh, for sure, and, and Chicago will get their act together. I mean, they're the original franchise. They're going to get their act together there, but man, they're really struggling. <laughs> and they are, you know, I, know. and they, they just can't keep themselves out of the headlines. Right. I like, know that's the problem with the organization as a whole. It's and do you just, think we got that fifth round pick just because they wanted to try and <laughs> divert some attention away over like, Hey, look, we did a trade over here. Uh, you it's know, a bag what? of, bag of, uh, bag of magic beans, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, Sidney Crosby. There again, I touched on the 102 points. It's hey, he's having a great season at 36 years old. Um, yeah, really good, really good uh, performance by him so far this year. And Ovechkin, you know, is starting to trail off. But uh, Ovechkin was quoted saying, "We saved the league," referring to him and Crosby. Uh, and he's saying all these guys now are an afterthought, basically because of the extremely <laughs> high level. Uh, like the extremely high level that him and Crosby played at generated this new talent. So tell me you're taking credit for it without telling me you're taking credit for it. Jeez, Ovechkin, right? Like, come on. I will say though, man, like that, the Crosby Ovechkin era was a ton of fun. Like to see the two, these two skilled guys come out in at a time where they're just, there wasn't a lot of skill in the NHL at that time. No. They just had the lockout and you know, you're just coming back from this lockout and emerges Crosby and emerges Ovechkin and in two consecutive year drafts. Oh, and the thing yeah. is like like you say like at that time the general consensus was well nobody's going to beat Gretzky's records ever. Yeah. It's yeah. never going to happen. And then, you know, now we're looking well, you know, Ovechkin, Ovechkin might do it, but now you look at these dudes like McDavid and stuff like they're coming in oh, 150 they're, point they're season getting it's points. like wow. And it's yeah. like okay, so this is this is a that was an era of hockey. Yeah. That will the general attitude of it is going to be forgotten to time. Yeah. That we were in this time where we were like, yeah, nobody will ever beat those records. And now the new, the new fans like Sam, right. Yeah. He's like, well, I would never have thought of that. Like, yeah, no, they're achievable. We could get those records, you know, like yeah, it's different. Right. And, and it, and, it, and it, I think it's so unique because of the lockout where like Ovechkin should have started a year earlier. Yeah. You know, so he would have been rookie of the year in 0405 and Crosby would have been rookie of the year in 0506, but instead they emerged together and Crosby missed rookie of the year by like five points because Ovechkin had like a few points more than him, but it was yeah. such a fun race, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and they continued to battle all through these years, right? Like the the games they played against each other were just phenomenal. It was but it's that fun. created such a friendly rivalry between them right from the start. Yeah. That I would argue that maybe Crosby wouldn't have been as good as he could have been had he won that rookie of the year. Yeah, for sure. You know, like it, because he had to battle so hard in his rookie 18 year old season. Yeah, yeah. To beat this big Russian kid, you know, like. 100%. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want to point out he was drafted in 2005. I was one. <laughs> I never saw peak Sidney Crosby, really. Oh, man. Or even That's a shame because yeah. it was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. 
but we do have this thing called the internet now. Yeah. And when I was uh, when I was your age, we didn't have that, so yeah. it's cool to look back at it and see. But um, when you were his age, we definitely had the internet when you were his age. Oh, sorry, he's not twelve. <laughs> sorry, I mean when those elite players like give you an example, like Gretzky and Lemieux were playing in the eighties. You know, we didn't, we couldn't just look yeah. back at highlights of them in the ni- early '90s, right? No, we no, we were too busy looking at porn to be honest. <laughs> like, that was the bulk of the videos we were watching online. Anyway, YouTube okay. was barely a thing yeah. then. You know, like, okay, okay. Oh, hey, Carl, let, let, let's let's just go. Hey, we were pa- watching Hubble. Charlie bit my finger and stuff back then. <laughs> Ouch, Charlie! Oh gosh. Yeah. Hey, okay, uh, I'm gonna flip the tide real quickly. How about Patrick Kane? I know, I know it's not on our list to talk about today, but I do want to know real quickly your thought on him going to the Detroit Red Wings, but also coming off of this hip surgery that not a lot of players have been successful coming off of. Now, we know Kane's got an elite skill set, but skating is one of his things too, right? Like he's always yeah. been very agile, very almost like Quinn Hughes-ish with his skating ability. Um what are your thoughts on on what could happen with his return? Do you think he comes back and his skill set set shows and he 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 lights on fire? Or do you think he's going to struggle? Uh, I think he has to struggle a little bit, but I think he could come back to almost full potential. Uh, it's just tough, right? You lose a step, and you're a player like you said that mm-hmm. is known for footwork, known for playmaking, like known for creating plays. You, it's hard to lose a step, right? Like. I mean, I know I'm I'm 41, and I'm sure there's a lot of guys just like me that are out there, and they're going to say the same thing I'm about to say. Like, your body just doesn't do what it used to do anymore when you get into your you know mid to late 30s, or your you know or, or your he's a little younger than that though. I think Kane, right? How old is he? Yeah, yeah. I think he's like uh, 30. I want to say he's around 33 or something yeah, like yeah. that. But I mean, like, hip but it's harder to is... come back from an injury like that in your yeah. 30s than it is in your 20s. There was a time when 33 was like retirement age. Did, did, you just, did you just give me the, the thumbs up? Did I get that right? It's 35. Oh, okay. okay. So you give me thumbs up. Wow. So 35. But they, yeah. the, the surgeries they do now, like look at Aaron Rodgers in the NFL, right? Like mm-hmm. they do some pretty crazy surgeries now that can get these guys back quick. But the biggest problem is it depends on how active he was staying throughout his injury, right? Because yeah. you lose so much muscle mass. These guys are so well conditioned. Yeah, true. That to lose even like two months to that steady conditioning, yeah, it takes you months to get back. Well, wouldn't it be fun to see Patrick Kane find his game in Detroit? That would be pretty cool the if he could find it. That would be cool. I and I think Detroit's got a good team around about. him too. And yeah. like I really, I think Detroit's could be a good team, like a really good team. Oh yeah, like a contender team if they if they play their cards right. And it's just the fan base there too is just so so cool too right yeah. like they, they'll win games for you just in themselves but yeah yeah hey um milan um lucic uh you know domestic abuse story there yeah and um you know i want to tell you a story so uh about 10 years goes around this time of year actually around this time of year out for a casual night i was working downtown at the time and out for a casual night of drinks we ended up at the butcher and bullock which was like a the after hours kind of spot there in, in Vancouver stayed yeah. up until almost 4am. And that was like the industry bar. Cause all the guys who, all the people who worked at the other bars would go there after their shift. Yeah. Well, we're sitting there having some drinks and we, uh, you know, here to, uh, first of all, sorry, earlier in the evening, we were down at Preston's, which is down on Berard, uh, uh, off Berard there uh, on anyways, somewhere in that area. Yeah. And, we're, we're sitting there and one of the service comes up. He's like, Oh yeah, apparently uh, a bunch of the, 
the Bruins guys are out at uh, the Roxy and a couple other bars down on, on the Strip. And we're like, oh, cool, cool, that's cool. And we're like, should we go over there and see if we can meet him and bump into him? No, no, not, let's not worry about it. And then we're at the Bullock later and we got the news that he got hammered out down on uh, Granville. <laughs> and the bartender, who was one of the bartenders who was at the Roxy that night, uh, who saw him, said that he was getting pretty uh, handsy with this one, one one guy's girlfriend. Yeah. So that apparently that was the guy that did it. Oh, and gosh. so we heard all about that <laughs> from the bartender that was there. And like they that never really surfaced the what actually happened. Yeah. And they made him sound like he was all innocent and just got like attacked random. No, he provoked that. Wow. Yeah. So Yeah, geez. you heard that first on Bush League. <laughs> well, anyways, but there again, that was also hearsay as well. So I can't even confirm or deny, but I just that that was the story I heard. And uh, I think, yeah. you know, reliable source a guy i just met but 10 yeah, minutes just before a, that <laughs> listen, listen another thing like just another another uh player with a you know with a really good hockey career and a good resume and some unfortunate news that to shed about him right so hey uh sam i'm gonna get you to bring up a youtube clip yep you guys see that senators panthers brawl oh man we gotta play and that little old school hockey i, lo- I loved it i, I like lo- you're talking about the referee yeah yeah oh that with was the 10 minutes each yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, bring, bring that up. up. All right, I love it. And well, <laughs> let me know when you got it up there because yeah. it's the referee clip that I want to play. Is when he's <laughs> when he's announcing the penalties. All right, I got it up here. Let me. You just, got it? Yeah. Let me just get to it. Yeah, that was quite the game, eh? Oh, it's a, of course, it's at the end of the clip here. No one's separating. It separated and started up two or three different times. Bring it, to, the end. bring it to the part where the referees tell. Yeah, right. there's, there's no doubt you're going to get Ottawa fight for Brady Kachuk. Ottawa penalty number seven has two minutes for goaltender interference, two minutes for roughing. Florida number twelve has two minutes for roughing, and then every player on the ice has a ten minute misconduct. <laughs> <laughs> every player on the ice. So the penalty was on. <laughs> Uh, this is the greatest moment. He has a little is, grin on his face when he says it, right? That's like, awesome. And every player on the ice has a 10-minute misconduct. That's priceless. That, that that's was so awesome. Good. It was so good. It was so good. Um, that's hey, a great way to go out. Switching gears, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays in talks with uh, Shohei Otani. That would be so cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, anyways, I just want to touch on that. I actually did a post on, so- on the social media about that. So check that out on Instagram, folks. Uh, I think that's all the time we have. So yeah, that was great. Chill, Chill Rose Place next, right? So Chill Rose Place coming up after us. Uh, so check that out here on Civil Radio 101.7 FM, serving the Fraser Valley, broadcasting from the traditional unceded solo territory here in Abbotsford. And yeah. uh, for for my co-host, Kenny Greencorn and Sam on the board, great job, well Sam, tonight. Hey, let's go and, Canucks, man. Let's yeah, go Abby. Go Abby Canucks. I'm your host, Carl Ungren, and uh, that's a good night. This is for the uh, Florida Panthers (laughs) and the Ottawa Senators. Everybody was <laughs> Everybody on the ice gets 10 minutes. 